Chapter Fourteen of Cross Currents. This LibriVox recording is in the public domain. Read for you by Chiquito Craster. There was great excitement in the alley. Katie Goldberg had been away ten whole days, and now she had returned and was fairly bubbling over with the story of her experiences. Ye just oughta been thar," she crowed triumphantly from her position on the top step. "It was just grand." Where is it? demanded Patty Murphy. Patty was seated sideways on the lowest step, hugging her knees and looking eagerly into Katie's face. Oh, it's way, way off, and the ride to get thar is just as nice as the place is. Ain't it got no name? asked another voice. Sure. Sure, nodded Katie. It's, it's... Oh, I don't believe ye, no? Now? jeered Patty. I do, too insisted Katie. It's Mount... Mount... Maybe it's Mount Washington, cried a big boy from the sidewalk. I've heard of that. There's snow and ice and rippin' big winds and... Well, it just ain't Mount Washington, Tom Whalen, retorted Katie indignantly. I know what tis now. It's Mount Lawn. And there ain't a mite of snow there, nor ice, nor rippin' winds either. They, they wouldn't allow them thar, so now she declared with some dignity. "'Well, what is there, then?' questioned Tom derisively. "'I'll bet ye don't know.' Katie tossed her head. Then she held up ten grimy fingers and began to check off the advantages of the wonderful Mont Lawn, the place where every summer hundreds of little waifs like her spent ten blissful days. "'There's trees and grass and eatin' and sleepin' and beds in a row and flowers and singin' songs and, and eatin' and playin' and swingin' and, and eatin'. "'Oh, you said that three times already,' cut in Patty. "'Well, we eat three times a day,' flashed Katie triumphantly. "'And and all we want every time to, taters and meat and berries and cookies and—' "'Say, Katie, how much does it cost to get there?' demanded a new voice from the sidewalk. The questioner was a thin-faced little girl with blue eyes and tangled yellow curls. Three whole dollars. Skinny Goldstein said so. And he can stay ten whole days. Maybe you was a-thinking of going, Maggie, eh? Maybe I was, returned Mag of the alley, with a toss of her head as she turned away. In the corner of the basement room that night, Maggie and the other members of the cooperative household held a council of war. As usual, Maggie was chief spokesman. "'Look a here, Patty. Do you suppose we could do it?' she demanded. "'You heard what Katie said, and it must be a awful nice place. You see, there's you and me and the twins, that's four of us. And, of course, we couldn't all go and stay ten days, because that would take four, three dollars, and that would be—' we well a awful heap of money and we couldn't never earn it but if we could get one three dollars then we could all go and stay a piece for the ten days divvy it up even you know what do you say shall we try for it there was a shout of approval then four heads bent close together over a prolonged discussion of ways and means it was agreed that all money should be placed as usual in the old tin cup on the top shelf of the cupboard only now the most rigid economy was to be practised. No longer were they to indulge in sumptuous repasts of chipped beef and garlic, pie and cheese, 
or hot frankfurters when the jingling contents of the cup testified that the day's haul had been good rather would they subsist on stale bread which cost little or better yet on what they could appropriate to themselves without the formality of asking leave they estimated that before the summer was gone the three dollars ought to be ready they had only their food to consider rent fortunately did not enter into the list of expenses and as for clothing when one was absolutely in tatters there was always some kind-hearted woman who had for that one a dress or a coat that would at least hang together it was while the committee on ways and means was in the height of the discussion that mrs whalen entered the room hi there mag she called look at what the pretty lady left for ye and she tossed a crumpled one-dollar bill across the room there had been two five-dollar bills on the table when mrs kendall left the place an hour before but mrs whalen upon seeing maggie's share suddenly concluded to charge rent for the corner and had decided that four dollars was about right this little matter being settled to her satisfaction there was of course only one dollar left for the child it's great luck you haven't so tis maggie sprang to her feet and pounced on the bill her eyes grew big as she saw what it was it's a whole dollar patty a whole dollar why here we've got one of the more lawn dollars already and we don't have to get but two more only think patty two more she cried joyously and then her eyes narrowed with sudden suspicion and she turned sharply towards mrs whalen what's that lady want me to do she demanded to do yes yes what have i got to do for that dollar why nothing she just give it to ye give it to me cried maggie incredulously and ain't she comin for me to paste no bags nor sew nor nothing i reckon not anyhow she said she give it to ye because ye've got blue eyes for one brief instant maggie stared in amazement then she gave a shrill laugh but that also was almost instantly checked look a here miss whalen she called sharply there's something here that ain't straight if that lady what left the dollar comes again you just tell her i ain't her home and i ain't a-comin back tell her i've gone away for my health she finished derisively as she caught up the tin cup and crushed the dollar bill into the smallest possible space at the bottom it was not an easy task this accumulating riches but the four children worked indefatigably and bit by bit the hoard in the old tin cup grew never before had maggie worked so late over making flowers never before in the neighborhood were errands so swiftly run nor babies so eagerly tended and never before did food left out of the window to cool so quickly disappear in spite of this last fact however the children sometimes went hungry to bed but all the hardships of the struggle were forgotten when on the first of august maggie carefully bearing the tin cup hurried down the street towards the home of the city missionary the longed-for sum was complete and katie goldberg had said that the city missionary would know what to do with it maggie did not know the city missionary she had seen her once or twice but she had always run around the corner when the lady appeared in the alley maggie did not trust strangers much she was a little afraid now but she comforted herself by saying that she was not a beggar and that she had money to pay so with head held high and the tin cup clutched tightly in one hand she rang the city missionary's doorbell five minutes later she had told her story turned the contents of the cup into the missionary's lap 
and was breathlessly waiting for the missionary to speak. The missionary did not speak, however, at once. She coughed, choked a little, and wiped her eyes with her handkerchief. Then she smiled a little tremulously. "'But, my dear,' she said gently, "'I can't take this money. We never take money from the children.' Maggie's face fell. "'Ye see, we, we, we wanted to go, so,' she faltered. "'Course we couldn't get enough for all of us to stay all the time, but we thought we'd divvy up and each stay part of it. But we, we, we had it all fixed.' "'I know, dear, but you don't understand. The children themselves don't ever pay to go to Molon. Kind people all over the land send the money and give them the street.' The old look of suspicion came into Maggie's eyes. "'Give it to him,' she cried. "'What? For nothing?' Yes, so that they may have ten happy days in the country. And they don't get them there to paste bags, nor sew buttons, nor nothing? Why, certainly not. What an idea! What put such a thought into your head, my child? Maggie was silent. This was even more puzzling than the pretty lady who had left the dollar. She could not understand it at all. You say there are four of you? asked the missionary after a moment. Yes, sir. "'Very well, dear. You shall tell me where you live, and this afternoon I'll come to see you. Perhaps, after all, there'll be a chance for some of you to go to more lawn, if not for all of you. We'll see.' Five minutes later, a very dazed but happy, Maggie carried towards home, still clutching the old tin cup, a cup which had not lost even a penny of its wealth. End of chapter 14 Read for you by Chiquito Craster, Birmingham, Alabama